Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Mystery and adventure have filled the lives of Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen ever since they started on a round-the-world cruise aboard the Clara M., last of the clipper ships. In our last episode, Jimmy accidentally overheard an argument between Teak Barnaby, peg-legged captain of the Clara M., and the crew, in which Barnaby revealed that before very long, he planned to take the ship by force and get rid of Kent and Jimmy. Jimmy was discovered eavesdropping, threatened with dire punishment by Barnaby if he dared disclose what he had heard to Clark Kent. It is now several days later. Night has fallen, and the Clara M. moves slowly through a thick, swirling fog. Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Teak Barnaby are just sitting down to supper. Listen. That on me for a squidgen-headed paupers if I've ever seen a fog as thick as this on a four. You may late to it, we'll not be coming out of this pea soup till dawn. If we come out of it by then. It sure is thick. Gosh, I was aft with the helmsman when I heard the dinner bell ring, and when I came down the deck, I just managed to find the cabin. Just barely see the light shining on the wet deck. Well, however damp and cold and foggy it is out on deck there, it's comfortable enough in here. Judging by the way this meal is starting, that boy Sam certainly can cook. Yeah, he can, Matt. Well, Barnaby, I'm glad you agree with me. Jimmy here hasn't touched a thing since he sat down. Oh, sure, lad, you're not feeling sickish. Not after being at sea a week. Oh, no, no, I'm just not hungry, that's all. Ah, there's something wrong with you, Jimmy. Wish I knew what it was. It's nothing. Honest, Mr. Kent. Lord, probably off his feet I might, Mr. Kent. You mustn't trouble your head about him too much. Oh, I'm not worried, really. Except, well, Jim has always come to me when he's had a problem, when there's been anything on his mind. Gosh, Mr. Kent, I've told you it's nothing. Uh, frankly, Jim, I don't believe you. I know you as well as I know myself. You've got something on your mind. Something that's worrying you. And I know you'll come to me when you decide I ought to know about it. You will come to me, won't you? Well, sure, Mr. Kent, <coughs> sure. <coughs> oh, gosh, can't we just forget about it for a while? You're upsetting the lad with these questions, Mr. Kent. He ain't got nothing on his mind. Nothing's worrying him. 
Have you, lad? Why, I... I... Why, of course not. Now we'll just change the whole subject. I wonder how poor Captain Hawkins is getting along aboard the San Jose. You think he's got a chance to pull through, Mr. Kent? I think so. Well, if he does, he can thank you. And you can lay to that. Took a mighty nerve to perform an operation the way you did, following the instructions wireless to you by the doctors of San Jose. It there beats me, it does. Well, it had to be done, that's all. Oh, but it sure took you to do it. Gosh, you, you're just like Superman in a lot of ways. Why, Jimmy, this is too much. Comparing me to Superman, why, it's... Okay, it's... go ahead and laugh. But you are like Superman, in some ways, that is. Lots of times I've seen you go right ahead and do something, well, dangerous, when you knew it had to be done. And that takes nerve. Uh, I'm afraid you overrate me, Jim. When it comes to nerve, well, we won't discuss it. Say, uh, by the way, I haven't mentioned this to you because I wasn't sure I ought to, but I don't think it'll be violating a confidence if I let you in on a confession Captain Hawkins made to me before he was taken aboard the San Jose. Like my timber, the confession, you say? Yes. You may recall that on the third day out, I discovered the helmsman was off his course. I remember it well. He was so far off his course, it couldn't have been no accident. No, and it wasn't. The helmsman was acting under orders from Captain Hawkins. You mean Captain Hawkins actually ordered him to steer the wrong course? Mm-hmm. Why would he do a thing like that? For a very good reason. You see, Captain Hawkins had been master of this old clipper ship for over 30 years. I guess, Barnaby, you know what that means. Aye. The captain gets to feel a real love for his ship. Exactly. That's the way Captain Hawkins felt about the Clara M. This, as you know, is the last cruise the Clara M will ever make. When we get back to Metropolis, the owner of my newspaper intends to make a floating museum out of it. Well, Captain Hawkins couldn't bear the thought of that. Gee, I think I begin to see what you mean. Captain Hawkins intended to sail her off to some remote part of the world, maybe, and... Am I right? You are, Jim. Captain Hawkins never intended to bring the Clara M back at all. He had a notion, oh, an impossible notion, I grant you, to keep on sailing the Clara M until the day he died. I'm only sorry his wish couldn't be realized. Yeah. It does kind of make you feel sad. Hey. Well, we can't let ourselves get down low in spirits. Yes, Heath, you're right. I'll tell you what. What What in the name of the seven seas was that? It sounded like Sam, the cook. We better go see what's happened. Ain't no need for you to go, Mr. Kent, because I'm right here. And I'm staying here. I ain't never going back into that there garage. Stow it, stow it. What happened to you, cook? You look as if you'd seen a ghost. Sure does. Oh, I ain't seen no ghost, but I sure did hear one. What are you talking about, Sam? What do you mean you heard a ghost? Oh, just this very minute, sir. Right outside the window of the galley, I... I heard the whistle. Whistler? Yeah, sir, Mars Jim, it was a whistler, sure enough. Now, look here, Cook, all this business about the whistler is just seafaring superstition. Get back to the galley. But they say the whistler is a sailor what got himself washed overboard years ago, don't they, Captain? Aye, but... they say he come back to have the ship, don't they? Aye, boy. Well, then let me tell you, Captain, he's here right now. I hide him with my own ears. You can believe me or you can unbelieve me. I believe you, Sam. I've seen the whistler. Gosh, Mr. Kent, now's our chance to get him if we work fast. You're right, Jim. If the whistler does exist, he must be prowling around the Clara M right now. 
Come on. For where to, Mr. King? To the galley, Sam, and you're coming with us. Well, just so long as I've got company, all right. The galley's the best place to start, I'll be bound. There's a whistler right outside the window of the galley, did you? Yes, sir, Captain. I saw it in. We'll soon find out whether you did or not, Sam. Here's the galley now. Oh, and great day in the morning. What's the matter, Sam? It's gone. Lordy me, it's gone. It's gone, you woolly-headed porpoise. Oh, the chicken I cooked for you and supper. It was sitting right there, piping hot. Well, evidently the whistler is more human than we think. He certainly is if he can eat roast chicken. Hey, you're right. But we won't be doing no good just standing here. I'm going down to folks to rouse out the crew and have them go over the ship from stem to stern. Wait. Huh? Oh, what? Listen. What is it, Jim? What I heard... There it is. Mr. Kent, it's the whistler. You're right. Listen. Listen. That whistle came from up at the stern. Oh! What? Something's happened up there. Come on! Oh. This fog is so thick. It's hard to see two feet ahead. Yes, you're right. I've got some matches. Oh. What the hell? What in the world? Barnaby! Barnaby, where are you? Barnaby! Oh, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I, I fell over someone and I thought... Well, never mind what I thought. There's a man laying on the deck here. What? Strike a match. Man? Gosh. Here, wait a minute. Here, here you are. Look. Well, look. It, it, it's the helmsman. Yeah. He's out cold. Give me a hand here, Teak. We'll try to bring him around. Hey, we'll... Mr. Kent. Yes, Barnaby? Boy, that match, man. It's burning your fingers and you don't even feel it. What? Oh. Yes, oh. sir. That flame was burning right between your fingers and you never no, even... I wasn't thinking. I was too interested in the helmsman here. Oh, he's coming around. Hey. All right, lad. All right. Now pull yourself together now. Come on. Come on. Wake up here. Oh. Where? Where is he? Where's who? The whistler. What? Oh, oh my head. Did you see the whistler, too? I, I didn't know it was the whistler. I just saw someone sneaking along the deck. I could barely see him through the fog. Yes? I called out to him, but I got no answer. I left the wheel for a minute and ran after him, and then sudden-like, I heard a whistle almost right behind me. Yeah? Turned around. That's all I remember. Well, the whistle must have hit you with a belaying pin. Well, Mr. Kent, I guess there's no doubt in the whistlers aboard. We're sure of it this time. But he'll not escape us. He can lay to that. Alvin, get back to your wheel. Yes, I'll send a man to relieve you right away. Mr. Kent, I'll be going to the forecastle to rouse out the crew. Good. Jim and I will keep on around the deck and find out what we can. It'll not be long. All right. Mr. Kent. Yes, Jim? I've got a flashlight in my cabin. I brought it with me when we came on board. Maybe I'd better go and get it, huh? A good idea, Jim. These matches of mine won't last long. I'll meet you at the forward companionway. Okay. I won't be long. I'll get right down to my cabin. All right, Jim. bother to turn on the light here in the cabin. I know just where I put the flashlight. That's funny. It was right here in this top drawer. I'm sure I... What? Holy mackerel. What can that be? 
Yes, what can it be? What is the meaning of the strange moans heard in the darkness of Jimmy's cabin? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our mysterious adventure with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.